You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Welcome to the Faith Roots Podcast. We are discussing the rivers of living water, the flow of the Holy Spirit that is in us in the New Testament church based upon what Jesus said in John chapter 7, verses 37, 38, 39. And we believe that the rivers that Jesus talked about there are symbolized in Genesis chapter 2, and there are four of them. We are now talking about the river power, which I believe is symbolized by the river Euphrates. In our study yesterday, we found that the river Euphrates is holding back four fallen angels who are so desperately wicked that if they are turned loose, they will cause the deaths of one-third of all humanity. And so the river Euphrates is a symbol of our ability to intercede in prayer. Ephesians 6.18 says this, Pray in the Spirit at all times, and with every kind of prayer and request there is. That would be the prayer of intercession, as well as other kinds of prayers. The prayer of intercession often begins with a burden, a heaviness of spirit, that may or may not be attached to a conscious, intelligent thought. In other words, there have been times, many times, where I have had a sense there's trouble coming, something is not right. I had no idea what it was. I had no thoughts specifically. Nobody had said anything to me about the trouble. I just knew someone was in danger. Back in 1984, I was flying from... Philadelphia to San Francisco on American Airlines. I remember having a burden to pray, didn't know what it was about, uh, but I knew it was serious. So I began to pray very quietly in the Holy Spirit under my breath, didn't pray out loud, didn't need to. God could fully understand and comprehend what I was praying, and the Spirit was giving me words in other tongues, and I was praying those quietly in my seat on the plane. As I was praying, after a while, I sensed everything would be okay. Did not know what it was. Now, I got to San Francisco, met up with my family. We went to our hotel room, and the next day we got up to go to Yosemite National Park. As we were driving into the west side of Yosemite National Park, there was a little parking area where you could get out and stand on a bridge and look at one of two waterfalls. And there were dozens of people there, and so we pulled over, got out, and we had our three children, Whit, Gabe, and Charity. Charity was about 18 months old. Gabriel was about five. Whit was about seven, seven and a half. And so we, we, we got out with our three kids and were looking at the waterfalls. I had Charity in my arms. Deliva had the two boys. They were looking at a waterfall on the right side of this bridge. I was looking at a waterfall on the left side of the bridge. It was upper and theirs was lower. And there was a woman who screamed, who happened to be my mother-in-law. And uh, I turned to look at what she was screaming at. And there was my son Gabriel in the middle of the road. 
And although it was like a five mile per hour speed limit, there was an idiot in a Volkswagen just bearing down through that crowd. And he had my son right in front of his license plate. I do not know how he missed, but he did. He swerved at the last minute. He didn't touch my son. He didn't hit him. And uh, Gabriel stopped when his grandmother screamed. He turned to look, and he never even saw the car. And uh, it was a close, close call. Soon as it was over, I took him to the car and sat down with him and had a little talk about not running out into the street. And uh, But then my big talk was with the Lord. And I thought, Lord, that was a close call. He almost got killed. And it was then the Holy Spirit made me to know this is what you were praying about yesterday. Yesterday, you stopped every bit of this. The day before, I'd had the burden on the airplane, prayed it for quite some time in other tongues. I did not know what I was praying about. Looking back on it now, I'm glad I didn't know what I was praying about. Because had I known, I probably would have locked that kid in the closet and we'd still be in San Francisco waiting to take that vacation. The scriptures teach us how to properly give expression to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. All right, so I'm going to show you. 1 Corinthians 14, 23, this is the ISV. Now, if everyone is speaking in tongues, when uneducated people or unbelievers come in, they'll say that you're out of your mind, won't they? So Paul makes it very clear that you have a responsibility not to speak in tongues when you are in the presence of uneducated people or unbelievers. Your services don't need to be full of people speaking with tongues if there is a mixed crowd. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 28, ISV. If an interpreter isn't present, he should remain silent in the church and speak to himself and God. Now, the interpreter is there so he can interpret a brief tongue that can be interpreted in a known language. But if the interpreter's not there... This person who feels compelled to speak with tongues needs to remain silent and speak to himself and God. Meaning, right there, he tells you, you can pray silently in the Holy Spirit. Someone says, I've got to speak in tongues. Why don't you just pray silently? Just like Paul said here in 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, you don't have to do this out loud in a way that it disrupts the whole church or draws attention to you. We have a responsibility not to confuse unbelievers or untaught people. And it's very, very clear. God hears an inward prayer as much as he hears the boisterous prayer. I want to show you this in Scripture. Psalm 19, 14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. God not only hears the words of your heart or the words of your mouth, he hears the meditation of your heart. And so you could pray silently and still have a big impact. I will tell you this, from what I see in Scripture, quiet people have a much greater impact than boisterous people. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4. Uh, here's the Apostle Paul, or I'm sorry, the Apostle Peter teaching this. And let me look this up. I was going to read just one part of it, but I want you to see the whole thing. Uh, 1 Peter, and fascinating. Here it is, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 1. Here he says, Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, 
they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. When they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear, which would we respect, you have great respect, do not let your adornment be merely outward, the arranging of the hair, the wearing of gold, or putting on a fine clothes. Let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a loud mouth and argumentative attitude. And that's not what it says. The incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. Oh boy. Now I want to read Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, and we're going to go to verse 16. Here's what Jesus said Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, what I want you to see is that we think that in order to be effective in intercessory prayer, it has to be loud, it has to be very demonstrative, and that's just not what the Scripture teaches. It doesn't teach that at all. There was a lady in our church years and years ago that insisted on being seen by everybody when she prayed. And she was especially bad when I was getting up trying to preach. And I started trying to preach, and she was the former pastor's wife. And so she had a little bit of credibility. And while I was about to preach, here she would go in her prayers, and she would start groaning and moaning, and it would stop the service. It was very distracting. So I got the ushers together during the middle of the week, and I said, now listen, this is going to happen again. The next time she comes, I guarantee you she's going to do it again. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to her. I will cover for you. I'll give you the instructions. And I want you to very politely and carefully escort her out into the hallway and let her pray out there. Because I promise you, she doesn't want to pray by herself. She wants to pray in front of everybody. She wants everybody to see her. So sure enough, I start to preach, and here she goes into her little prayer and her groanings and all of that. And I say, you know, how many of you believe in prayer? And the whole church raises their hand. And I said, I do too. And I said, Sister so-and-so seems to have a burden right now, and uh, our ushers are going to take her to the hallway so she can go out and pray till that burden lifts, and uh, she'll get whatever answer she needs to get while she's in the hall praying. She didn't want to go, but they took her out anyway, and they carried her out the door, and you could see her just shaking her head. She didn't want to go, and she wanted to take over the service. She wanted all eyes on her, and I stopped it. She never did that again. Because I let her see, you don't interrupt services to do your thing. And I was very respectful, very careful, and also very wise. But it stopped that. It was totally against the character of God. God doesn't do those kinds of things because he's not the author of confusion. If the Holy Spirit's anointing is on me to preach and teach, how can it be on her to interrupt and to take over the service at the same time? And so people need to know these things. People get fooled because they don't look at the Word of God. That's all the time I have for today. We'll pick up here tomorrow.
I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below? And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below or going to myfaithroots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.